What goes into the person doesn't defile him. What comes out of the person defiles him. So Jesus has declared all foods clean, but in the same breath, he declares all people dirty. He's declared all foods clean, and he's declared all people unclean. It's not what you put in through your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out of your heart that defiles you. Are you still also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from the outside cannot defile him since it enters not his heart, but his stomach and is expelled? So here it is that Jesus sort of puts aside the parable language and he reverts to, if, uh, if we can say this without being disrespectful, to locker room language. He just sort of brings it out frank and, and straightforward. Do you not see? What goes in one end comes out the other. And almost like in this, not a coarse kind of a way, but, but just in a way that's setting aside niceties and politeness. Jesus just says, do you not get it? What goes in one end comes out the other and it never enters the heart. So in his frankness, in his forwardness, I, in my mind, I think I can, I can picture the disciples laughing when Jesus said that. Like, Kind of like the ice is broken. Jesus was just harsh with them. But now, you know, what goes in one end comes out the other. And then this sort of laugh among the disciples. Yeah, I think we're starting to see it, Jesus. Do you not see that whatever goes into the one or whatever goes into a person from the outside cannot defile him since it enters not his heart, but his stomach and it is thus expelled. So Jesus probably is speaking to people here who have limited at best understanding of the inner workings of the body of what happens to food when it enters through the mouth and it's chewed and swallowed and then sometime later comes out the other side they probably have a limited understanding of that so they're not Jesus is not saying look your food when you eat your food it 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 doesn't enter into your heart meaning the organ right here that that beats and pumps blood throughout your body. Because never in Scripture is heart ever referred to the organ that pumps blood. Never. Every time you see heart in Scripture, it's always a metaphorical reference to some aspect of our person, some aspect of our character, some aspect of our soul. And so Jesus is not saying, look, your food doesn't go in through your mouth and then through the organ that's pumping blood. It's separate from that. Instead, what he's saying is your food doesn't enter through your mouth and then go into your soul. That's what he's saying. And thus he declares all foods clean, all foods clean. He declares them clean. Now, right here, just a brief note on this as he declares all, all foods clean. We recall, of course, that Mark is writing his gospel in close connection with Peter. Mark is in Rome with Peter, and he's writing, in, in essence, he's writing the accounts of Peter. And so doesn't it sound just like what Peter will say? Because Peter, of course, is the apostle in Acts chapter 10, who was praying on the roof. And then there comes the vision of the sheet that comes down from heaven three times with the unclean animals. And the voice from heaven says, kill and rise, kill and eat. And three times Peter says, never, Lord, not me. I've never eaten any of those unclean animals. And then we hear three times what the Lord has declared clean. Let no, no man declare unclean. 
And then right at the end of that, there's the knock on the door. There's the messenger from Cornelius. He then goes to Cornelius' house, into the house of the unclean Gentile, and then explains to them of Jesus the Messiah. Holy Spirit falls upon them, and there's conversion in the house. And then Peter says, oh, I get it now. I get it. You're talking about people. The, the vision was about food, but you're talking about people. And you're saying that no people are unclean whom the Holy Spirit comes to. No people are unclean whom the Holy Spirit receives unto Himself. I get it now. So you, can't you just see how Peter, now decades later, years later, now looks back upon this and says, you know, Acts chapter 10 was where he declared all foods clean, but this is really where it started. Can't you see Peter reasoning that out? That's really where this started when Jesus said that food entering through your mouth can't defile you. That was the beginning of what I would be shown in the vision in Acts chapter 10. So that's what he's speaking of. He declares all foods clean. And he said, what comes out of the person is what defiles him. What goes into the person doesn't defile him. What comes out of the person defiles him. So Jesus has declared all foods clean. But in the same breath, He declares all people dirty. He's declared all foods clean. And He's declared all people unclean. It's not what you put in through your mouth that defiles you. It's what comes out of your heart that defiles you. Verse 21, For from within... Out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, evil, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. So that's quite a list. Quite an unpleasant, unsavory sort of list. And we could take our time and walk through each of those. And there's certainly plenty of things that the Scripture has to say about each of those each of these 13 items in this list, but we won't use our time that way. Instead, what we want to just notice, just look at how Jesus puts this forth. This list of unpleasant, dark realities of the human heart. First, he's thought, he starts with evil thoughts. Because just as we said earlier, just as the process of salvation begins in the mind through the hearing of the Word and the comprehension of the Word goes from there to the heart and from the heart to the will, so also it works in reverse. Notice this, that as salvation and sanctification begin in the mind, so also does evil. Evil thoughts. Jesus is speaking this, of course, remember, close at hand, is the memory of these Pharisees, the Pharisees whom He knows their thoughts, the Pharisees whom on the outside are so clean and so whitewashed, but Jesus knows their thoughts are so full of evil. So He begins here, all evil begins in the mind. It begins with the thoughts. Evil thoughts, sexual immorality, taking that gift that God has given for the intended purpose of the covenant bond of marriage between man and woman, taking that and perverting it for temporary physical pleasure, sexual immorality, theft, declaring yourself to be the God of your life and saying, even though God has not given this to me, even though He has favored you and given this to you, I'll nevertheless take it from you. I'll take it from you by violence if I have to. Theft. I'm the God of my life. I'm the God of my world. If I want something, I'll take it. Murder. The violent taking of another life the 
violent taking, the wrong sinful taking of another life. But murder, of course, not just in the physical life, but murder of one's reputation, the murder of one's thoughts, the murder of another in your heart, the hatred that Jesus says is the root of murder, adultery, violating the most sacred covenant between two people, the most sacred of all covenants between two humans, the violation of that sacred covenant, adultery, coveting, the sinful declaring that God didn't know what He was doing when He gave me what He gave me and didn't give me what He didn't give me, and instead I sinfully covet what God didn't give me, declaring myself to be wiser than God and saying, well, if I was God, everybody knows I should have had this. Wickedness. That's a pretty generic sort of phrase describing the wickedness of this age. Deceit. The violation of the image of God within us. The God of truth. The God who is truth. Deceit says that truth is worthless to us. The truth is not valuable to us. We will speak deceit with our mouth. We will think it with our thoughts. We will deceive with our actions. Sensuality. The worshiping of the body. The the, uh, using of the body for physical pleasure only. Envy. Envy, the sinful looking at what God has given to others and wishing that they didn't have it. Slander, that word there is blasphemia. When the object of that word is God, it's translated blaspheme. When the object of that word is a, is a human, it's translated slander. So that helps you to understand a little bit about blasphemy, right? It's the same word. When it's committed against God, it's blasphemy. When it's committed against another person, it's slander. So slander is the murdering of someone with your words oftentimes untrue words, but words that are intended to hurt and and injure. Pride, what's sometimes called the root of all sin, the first sin that seemed to evidence itself in the garden, the sin of pride, and then finishing with foolishness. Foolishness, because it it is indeed the foolishness of man to fall into all these sins. It is the foolishness of man to not desire God, to not be interested in God, It is the foolishness of man to bow down to these things instead of the God who created them. It is the pure foolishness of man. So he begins with evil thoughts and he ends with foolish hearts. John 14, verse 1, The fool says in his heart there is no God. Now the psalmist there is not talking about the one who denies that God exists. The fool who says in his heart there is no God. He's speaking of the one who knows that God exists yet lives his life as though God doesn't exist lives his life as though God is not really God. So the foolishness of knowing that God exists, yet living as though he doesn't exist. Quite a, quite a list of things, is it not? Evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. A list of sinful traits, sinful realities that, quite frankly, our world around us would hesitate to even call sin. The culture around us would would want to defer to the autonomy of the individual. And perhaps many of these things are undesirable. Many of these things could be hurtful to other people, but we'll stop far short of calling them sin. Instead, these sins that he declares from out of the heart of the man come these evil thoughts. All these evil thoughts come from within and they defile the person. They defile the man. So Jesus sources all these things into the evil things of the heart. That's the source, 
the source from within. We live in a world today that would explain all these things differently, don't we? We live in a world today that would stop far short of declaring that all these undesirable actions and behaviors and attitudes, well, they have a source, but the source is not the person itself. The source is not some sort of evil inside the person. Instead, we're well accustomed to being told that the root of all these things, these undesirable traits of society and people around us, these, the roots of these things would fall into three categories. Three categories, you've heard these, they all begin with E, education, example, and environment. And that's what our world will tell us. Education, example, and environment. That's where all these things come from. And so all of these undesirable realities of society and the undesirable realities of of the broken relationships between husband and wife, between parents and children, between friends and co-workers, family members, all these undesirable things really can be traced to one or more of these three things, education, environment, or example. Well, that person has just, they've just had bad examples in their life. It's not that they're evil. They just had bad examples. They've, they've had bad mentors. They've had bad people to look up to. And they grew up looking up to bad examples. And so therefore, they are such bad people. Or they do such bad things. They wouldn't call them bad people. They, they, this is why they do these things. They've had these, these examples. Or perhaps it's just their education. Education could fix this. If we could just get rid of all the illiteracy, if we could just educate everyone, then we can certainly alleviate all these problems of society. Or environment. You know, that this person just grew up in a bad environment. It was just a bad just a bad environment to grow up. And that's, that's to be blamed for the bad behavior today. And so we would stop far short of declaring that the heart is the source for any of these things. The problem is that all three of those explanations completely fall apart under their own weight. Anyone who is willing to believe that the source of all the wrong in society around you can be traced to these things, it literally falls apart under its own weight. Because you, beyond the fact that it's really difficult, if not impossible, to honestly look around at the world in which you live and with an honest, straight face say that the problems of this world are not the problems of people's hearts, but they're the problems of poor environments or lack of education or bad examples. Not only is that unbelievably naive, but it just doesn't, simply doesn't work. Because each one of these supposed sources of the problems of society today, each one of them work the same way in reverse, thereby completely nullifying themselves. So such and such a person, well, they do such bad things because they just had bad examples. They grew up seeing bad examples all the time. And that's why they do such bad things. That works a little bit until you come across the person who does just as bad things, but they grew up with good examples. They've had good examples their whole life. Well, well, their problem is that they just can't live up to the good examples around them. They feel inferior. They, they feel somehow just inferior to all the good examples around them. Or, or maybe they've had good examples, but they've seen their good examples fall short 
So that's, that explains that. So you see, bad examples. Oh, oh no, not, they've got good examples. Well, here's why good examples also produce the same bad, bad behavior. It doesn't work. Environment. Well, this person does such evil things, such bad things, because they grew up in such a poor environment. They grew up in an environment of abuse and neglect. And Well, the problem is, all that works until you come across the one who does just as bad things and grew up in the best of environments. Well, for that person, the environment was too good. They got everything they wanted. They were never told no. They had all the resources available to them they ever wanted. And so that's why that person does such evil things. You see, it works both ways. Or what about education? Well, there's so much evil in the world because there's so much lack of education. If we could just advance education, then we could fix the problems of people and the problems of society. Well, once again, the problem is that works as long as you don't come across those who've had the advantage of all the education in the world and still do just such evil things. Well, this person's problem was that they, they lacked good education. They didn't have the opportunity for education. Well, this person over here, well, they, they were sent to the best Ivy League school. And well, I guess it turns out that at that Ivy League school, that's where they learned all the bad things that they know. You see? It works the same way for whatever you want to fill in that blank with. Because none of those things can come close to describing the world in which we live. All of those things play a role. And as Christians, we'd be foolish to deny that all of those things play an important role. None of those things are the source for any evil behavior, any evil thoughts, any wickedness in society, none of it. Because Jesus says quite plainly, the source is the heart. The source is the heart. 